This is Lexicon, and you're watching Studio One. So first, I want to say thank you for coming to Studio One. Thank you for coming to this space. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, Mike films the show with me. He brought you up. To finally get to one-on-one -on -one space is amazing because I've been meaning to really connect with you. I've listened to your music. So oh, I, yeah, so, so it's really good that we've finally got time to sit down. So uh, can you just briefly introduce yourself? Hi, uh, thanks for having me at Studio One. This is Lexicon. And we're going to have some fun. <laughs> yes, we are. So first thing I want to talk about is you were born in Jamaica. And then you subsequently moved to Birmingham and then New York and then eventually Toronto. Can you talk to me about what it's like being a person who's been around so many different places and how that kind of encompasses like who you are as a person, just kind of being around so many different areas? Um, I'd say it teaches you how to adapt to any environment and helps you uh, figure out how to build relationships quickly. Because uh, when you're moving around so much, you kind of have to rebuild each, every, each and every time. But you, it becomes second nature after you do it for a couple of times. You don't even realize you're doing it, but like you just, you're better at being personable. You're better at like connecting with people because you've, you've kind of were forced to have to. Yeah, exactly. And like, so during those times, like in the, the ages, so from the time you went to Jamaica, to the time you went to Birmingham, and then New York, before we get to Toronto, how old were you during those like transitions? Um, so I left Jamaica around two, three, stayed in England until I was maybe like five, six, and stayed in New York until I was like 13. And so have you gone back to Jamaica like over the course of your lifetime? Yeah. So... When you go back and you're visiting family and stuff like that, what does it feel like, like going back to your home country? Because I feel like a lot of people don't even get that opportunity, uh, going back to where they're actually from. So tell me what that means and what it felt like. Um, it's hot and sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> the food's great. That's what I miss the most. Uh, everything tastes good. Everything's delicious. Um... Yeah, I mean, family's there, but I mean, like, it's the age of internet. Like, you don't have to be there to be there. That's 100% um, true, yeah. But, like, yeah, other than the food, that's, like, what I miss the most. And, like, that's, like, you just can't get anything, like, to make food anywhere else. You just can't. Right. And so, like, when you were, because I know you went to school in Birmingham. You went to school in England. Uh, do you have, like, really strong, fond memories? Or were you still kind of... Young at that time as well. I was young, but uh, all I really remember right now is like watching uh, cartoons. I think it was like Sailor Moon was one. <laughs> <laughs> Sailor Moon, like why for us, like why TV? Yeah. And um, being like one of the few black people in my school, um, I think that's really all I remember. Talk about that point, because I, I yeah. recently talked to an artist and we talked about like growing up and going to school. And for me, like, yeah, like when I went was in like elementary school and like honestly throughout middle school and high school, I was like maybe like one of four black people, you know, and it's one of those like experiences that are like don't people like not a lot of people know and feel of being like one of the only black people. Mm -hmm. So talk about what that was like. Was it like something you immediately noticed or? Um, I'd say you, at first I didn't notice, but then like you notice that other people notice. Right. And then that's when you notice. Cause I'm like, you just, to you, like it's just another place another day 
But then you realize everyone sees you differently. They're like, oh, right. Oh, yeah, I'm black. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I thought it was just but like, oh, yeah, how could I forget? But, like, yeah, they remind you. <laughs> and it's interesting, too, because, like, it's one of those, um, like, when you're living in the moment, you don't even, like, realize that it's, no. like, like, like given this new age of like uh, like Twitter and uh, and representation matters and being and seeing like people that, like you can recognize yourself in. When I was like a young kid, like I didn't even re- recognize that I was like the only thing. You know what I mean? Like, do you see do you see it that way as well? I always say it depends on where. Sometimes it was like that you didn't realize, but then depending on where you are, they they make like if you didn't know you were black before, they make sure that you know. Yeah, exactly right. So um. On that note, so when you went to New York, tell me about what that experience was like for you, because that was the place just before you would eventually come to Toronto. Um, so New York was, uh, well, I was in Brooklyn. This was a little wild. You're right? Yeah. <laughs> it was a little wild, you know. Uh, it was, uh, I would say, not the best area to raise a family, um, but also very interesting because of that. Uh, yeah, lots of fights, lots of shootings, lots of, lots of things happened in there. I mean, I really liked that everything was so close by. You could, like, go to, like, all the food places, all, like, everything was, like, right there. Yeah. Like, uh, but, like, also, it's just a lot of garbage. There's so much garbage. So, like, given that sense, was it, like, an exciting feeling to then move to Toronto Oh, then? my goodness. You have no idea. The first time I visited, I was like, the streets are clean. <laughs> it's like what's going on i was like where yeah. is everything is it actually in the garbage like <laughs> yeah it was definitely how long did you live in new york then? i stayed in new york for let's see for like five years so given that encompassing time so you moved to toronto like so i guess was it an easy transition for you if you were so excited to leave from that space because five years seems like a really long time to be yeah. in a city and to get used to it because i feel like with jamaica and birmingham i guess it, you mm-hmm. didn't stay too long yeah yeah i mean i mean I had a lot of friends there like a lot of attachments but like i was ready to come to toronto and i was ready to leave it all behind <laughs> to come to <laughs> toronto so i didn't i had nothing was really holding me back and okay so now we're in toronto so talk to me about when at what point does music become a faction in your life in terms of second year university second year university and that would be ryerson mm-hmm. so something that i found out about you was that you went to a songwriting uh i guess how did you find this out <laughs> we've got we, like we've got to do our research like it's like Nardwar, yeah, right <laughs> yeah so yeah talk to me about um the idea of like as a musician as an artist i feel like you kind of and know internally that's what you want to do. And then, like, when you get to school, I guess, like, it becomes hard to balance both of those things because school takes so much of you. And there's very few, like, artists that have really gone through to school and balanced it out as well. So can you talk to me about, the like, the importance of what school is to you? And, and, uh, and was, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like the opposite for me. I didn't really know I wanted to do music until I went to school. Um, I just don't want to be in entertainment, but, like, I didn't really... I was more leaning towards acting and like doing some short films and stuff like that. Yeah. I, wasn't, I didn't even think anything about music other than listening to it and like being the first to know when anything dropped and like when things used to leak and that right. was on the leak. That, so that, like that, the day that, it came out, I heard it. That, that amazing day. era. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of like music listener I was. I didn't, but I, other than that, like I didn't think anything about creating music. 
until I got to that that workshop in second year for songwriting and that's when I kind of like changed my perspective on everything and decided I wanted to like actually make music and ballet sensing school I mean I've always just been good at managing time so like that was never if anything it was more motivating because like as much as I liked school I didn't like school yeah so like it's like oh now I actually have time to write so like it was more like I'll hurry up and do what I need to do so that I would have time to write because that's what was bring me like the most like helping me like cope with school. That's yeah, music was what helping me cope with school. That's really what was <laughs> yeah. going on. And before we kind of get into that whole like songwriting process and making songs and things, who were artists around that time that you were like interested in listening to? Like even I guess early on in your life, like what type of music have you yourself like gone into and listened to? Like artists that have like kind of shaped you, I guess, in terms of that. Um, let's see. Pretty much Sean Paul and Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like since Ponda Replay, I've been a fan. And uh, the whole Get Busy 2000, Sean Pablo era, loved it. Um, yeah, I'd say those are the two most defining people that kind of defined where I was in music. Yeah. And on that note, too, when it comes to like reggae and dancehall and like these genres and see yourself when you see like it becoming like a blossoming like genre and and I guess it becoming um global in a sense because I don't know like I can honestly I don't know too much of it so it's amazing to get someone like you to like really represent and like tell me more about it so like on that note like when you see like I guess the genre building itself up and like with Sean Paul and, and things like that. Like, what does it mean for you when you're like making music and, and seeing it and seeing the sound so global in a sense? Um, for me, it just gives me more hope that, you know, oh, great. This, the labels will see this as profitable, which will increase the chances of signing more artists in the sound, which increases the sound traveling further, which increases more of us from those backgrounds, getting more access to uh, things that we never had before. So that's really how I see it. Yeah. And yeah, because I feel like, it going back to like the representation part, right? Uh, seeing like you seeing yourself in like others and seeing the genre and things like that. I feel like even when it comes to like me, for example, like I've interviewed like a Somali artist, and like it's cool to like connect and and see things out, right? And for you, it must be really amazing to see like your like musical background like getting a shine and things like that. So going back when it comes to that songwriting. Uh, I guess it's the workshop and stuff like that. Talk to me about like your early songs then, and what you what you learned what you learned uh, in that process. Because you know, the early songs are always a funny little story. Um, the early songs. Um, so yeah, after that workshop, I pretty much didn't write anything for a while. I just went to read. I just found like this online PDF of like songwriting of like what that means, and it broke down everything into song structure, into melody, into like. The chorus, the verse, like themes, how like how you evoke emotion with words. Like there was like a whole breakdown of everything. And I literally just spent like a couple months just reading that, just trying to learn anything before I did anything. And then after that I just start practicing off YouTube type beats and just like come up with some stuff. Um I mean they're not what what I make now, but like I still think they were pretty catchy. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, because a lot of like a lot of artists I've talked to, they always like some like look back on their old music and they're like like cringe or like oh. I mean, I do cringe a little bit, but, but it's like, about the growth about it. Though. Exactly, like I do cringe a little bit, but like it's not terrible. Like it was never like this is absolute trash. It was more like okay, you know, like yeah. you're starting. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, and um, talk to me about like 
incubators in Toronto or like programs in Toronto that kind of helped you build yourself out as an artist? I know you, you're a really involved in the community. So talk about like things that you like you've been involved with in a sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, I first started with Rise and Scarborough. Um, they have like weekly open mics on Mondays and going there, I got to meet a lot of other artists, got to perform, got to work on my performance skills got to grow basically as a community and like have people support you and like the first time people are like you know encouraging be like oh they like your stuff you know when you first start making stuff you have no idea what people are going to think yeah. and like they liked it and just being having that positive feedback just helps you gain the confidence to like keep making more stuff and getting better so i'd say that was like the first like space that really like embraced me and then i applied for like the urban arts bmm program in the west end and I went through that. So that was also another great experience to get access to workshops, meet other artists that like are on my album today yeah. um, and just uh, connect and grow there as well. Um, from those two spaces, I ended up just like volunteering after that. But those two artist wise, like those kind of like helped develop my like artistry. And as well on that note with, uh, can you talk about like Afrowave as well and having like a festival and showcase and things like that, how important it is um, so, I mean, that only came about because I feel like there's not any of that, like you said, representation yeah. in, in Toronto. Like, all the showcases in the urban side is all hip-hop and R&B, and there's so many of them. Um, so, I just decided I was going to start one for, uh, basically, uh, Afrobeats, Dancehall, and Reggaeton, Soka, too. Um, just so, like, because I've been meeting a lot of other artists in the city as well that are making similar stuff. So, it would be great just to bring everyone together create like a big platform start creating that community so that we can hopefully all be like closer and collaborate later on and yeah <laughs> and what like what brought you to like being like okay like not only is this something that i'm thinking about doing but like what brought you into being like i'm going to do this because i feel like with a lot of people you'll hear like oh yeah I, I want to do this or this is an idea that i have but for you like what makes you as a person like want to like execute what you're doing like where does the like, drive come from i guess i don't, I don't necessarily know where the drive comes from but like i do everything that i plan to do <laughs> <laughs> right and anyone you ask can tell you that like, anything <laughs> i said i'm gonna do i'm saying it because i know i'm actually gonna do it and i wouldn't have said it if i wasn't actually gonna go do it yeah. like i just give a little myself some time frame to get it done but like i'm gonna get it done yeah like that book is gonna get done <laughs> <laughs> exactly maybe not this year but most likely next year it's gonna get done um do you allow yourself to like i guess appreciate like moments like when you accomplish something because no. yeah for for me personally like i'm the same way i like to like have an idea and then like i'll spend i'll like obsessively like make sure it gets executed and it happens but then i like jump on to the next thing and I, and i try my hardest to like appreciate what's going on so have you had moments over like the course of your like career where like you've allowed yourself to like be like wow i'm really doing this because like having your own festival is like an accomplishment itself so um i say i can only do that like when it's maybe like four or five months after uh like even like my last album i'm just like now being like you know this is actually pretty dope because <laughs> you know while i'm really like you know the whole artistic thing you go yeah. through you're like mm, i don't know blah 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 and but like now I'm like going back, listen to it, and it came out last year, I was like, no, this is actually really good. I was like, oh, wow, I actually did that. You know, that was my first project, and it actually was pretty solid. Um, so ask me about five months from now about this one, and then I could maybe tell you, and we'll see. Maybe by summertime, I can tell you how I like, 
actually appreciate like after even being able to do everything okay now um you've released like uh an ep uh, way back 2017 you've now released like a lot of music over the course of your career in a sense uh you've re recently released a new album talk to me about what the process is in terms of having bodies of work opposed to like releasing singles is the process different um yeah the process is different um only because when i'm creating bodies of work i like actually think about it and i'm like what do i want the sound to be what do i want the vibe to be how do i keep it consistent but still different um how do i put it all together versus songs it's just like whatever i want for that moment i want all the songs to make sense together as part of a project so i'd say that's like the biggest difference for me okay and you recently released a record can you uh talk to me about the process what it was like for you like making this record and talk to me about what the title represents for you and everything i know uh, you tend to like we just talked like you don't like appreciate the moment but talk to me about what this album means to you at least at this moment in time um right so i just released bashment trap house january 31st so it's out everywhere if you want to find it l-e-x-x-i-c-o-n lexicon that's my name um to right now in this moment it feels like a good step forward that's that's what it feels like um that process i mean it took it took let's see i started writing like for the first song in last january and it didn't come out till this january but i basically finished writing it in november so i don't know how many months that is but <laughs> a couple of months yeah but like that was just on and off like because i wasn't like it was more like i had a deadline set in my head like so like i'm taking my time in between those times but like making sure that i meet the deadline so I'll give myself but like half of it kind of was done in one week but the other half took like months and when it comes to like releasing records do you feel like do you feel a way when you release records like oh i can't believe it's finally out like like you're giving yourself away or when it comes to like releasing music are you just like okay it's out now let's on to the next like how are you when it comes to releases well, i'm both i'm both like okay fine. well only because like i once it was done in november i was done i was like okay I can start working on the next one. Yeah. And now that's finally, I'm like, okay, whoa, it's finally out. Now everybody else can hear it. So like, I mostly want it out so I can hear people's feedback because I like hearing what people think. I like to know what their favorite tracks are. I like to know like how they connect to it. Like that's the most interesting part for me once it's out. But when I'm done, like I'm already starting the next one. Like the next one is coming this year as well. So I started that. Yeah. And um, on that note too, just records and stuff like that i know you touched upon it earlier about learning like performing and going and doing shows when you took that step from releasing songs and then performing them how are you like on stage like are you comfortable or is it something you've you've been able to like grow with like, oh definitely i have to grow with it uh through rise is where i was able to like grow the most because when i first started i definitely was not comfortable mm -hmm. like, uh, but over time I love it. Like, I love it. I mean, I've always loved it, but I wasn't comfortable. So I had to, like, grow into into being comfortable and grow into, like, being, basically being free on stage. Like, that's the only time I, I'll just do whatever I feel like doing because it's my song for the next three minutes and you have to listen to me. So, yeah. Yeah. And musically, I know, um, I guess there are moments where you kind of realize like okay this is what i'm doing like i am an artist like this is what i want to do for the rest of my life do you feel like there is a moment in your life where you've come to that realization or are you still kind of like i guess there's always kind of like the surreality of it all kind of like oh this is like this is what i'm doing like how aware are you in terms of like i'm an artist i release music this is what i want to do and 
if you understand what I'm kind of trying to get sense of that. I mean, I'd say only for the longest time I didn't call myself an artist. That's what I'm trying even to say. Even though I was like acting like an artist, I wasn't even calling myself an artist. I see myself first as a songwriter because uh, that's where I started first writing. And then then it was more like, oh, how am I going to get these songs to people? Oh, right. Nobody knows who I am. None of these artists know who I am. Okay, I guess I'll just have to be an artist. And then I was like, oh, what kind of artist am I going to be? Because I can write in like multiple genres. So I'm like, but like, then I had to like go figure out who am I? Who am I as an artist? Blah, 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 blah. And yeah. it took so long. And then, then I could release music as an artist, but even then I was still like a songwriter pretending to be an artist. And then I'd only now kind of like say I feel like an actual artist where I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm trying to release music. I have my plan. Like this is the schedule, working to build a team. I'm adding this, I'm doing this. This is how we're going to move forward. This is the plan for that. Like now I'd say I'm actually, I see myself as an artist. Yeah, because, like, it's an interesting thing where it's, like, I know there's, like, a term that people, like, float around, like, imposter syndrome and not really feeling like you are what you are. And, like, I guess, like, uh, back in the day, I kind of felt like that a bit. But then when you kind of step into who you are as a person, you're like, no, this is who I am. So it's kind of interesting to hear your perspective on that. So when it comes to, like, given the sense that you plan things so ahead, like, given the fact that we're in, like, a new year, new decade, like, how do you see the, the, the this year panning out for yourself as an artist. I know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been already going better than I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just know when to release the album first quarter and then another one between the third and fourth quarter. So hopefully end of summer, early fall is when you'll get the second album because it's 2020. So I wanted two albums. Um, also, a couple of videos are coming out for this one as well. I plan to also like put more into the marketing, like more put it like I think this is like going to be the biggest push yet for myself as an artist. Um, and so far it's been already going well, especially with uh, with indoor recess has been really helpful. Like really, really helpful. <laughs> um, so that was just like one of my strategies as well to add to my team. And now I'm trying to plan what else I need to add for 2020. So I feel like 2020 is gonna be a big, it already has been a big year and I have, and it's really only February. So I think it's gonna be an amazing, amazing year. Uh, in a cause of final sense, um, if you could like tell yourself what you know now as an artist from the time you started in Ryerson as a songwriter, what's something you've essentially like learned about yourself in this craft that when you came into it, you had no clue how things kind of worked in a final in a final note because it's kind of interesting because when this interview comes out and you can kind of look back on this you'll kind of in a sense see yourself in that moment to this moment so how would you see yourself in that way i'm not really sure not i don't know if there's anything i could tell myself specifically because a lot of it is like someone could tell you but like, it won't matter until like that's very true too like experience it until you get it so i feel like i could tell myself anything but like it wouldn't it wouldn't be helpful uh, the only thing i could really tell myself is to like start earlier <laughs> start earlier so that i could have hurry up and gone through all the different things i need to get through to get to where i am now and maybe even further because i just started earlier so like just start is what i would say like uh, tell myself not to have the fear like be more confident and just do it that's the only i think helpful thing i could do for the earlier me Right. I feel the same way too. I mean, I started my blog and stuff when I was 19 and I, and I still, when I look back, I'm like, oh, I wish I did it earlier because, you know, I know stuff, but yeah, you never really know until you really start. But on that note, um, it's been like an absolute pleasure to get you into this uh, studio and space. Uh, absolute pleasure to have this conversation. Uh, I just want to again say 
this conversation has been really great and just learning about you yourself. And uh, I wish you all the best of luck in the new year. Again, like you said, it's been a great year already. So just keep pushing forward and stuff like that. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Studio One. Shout out to Mike for the invite. Shout out, Mike. <laughs> On that note, he uh, said that you guys like did stuff together, like Stan Block Studios. Yeah, so, we both interned so, there together. Just, it was just, such yeah. an um, interesting summer. Like there was lots and lots of memories. We have. I think we have. We'll have a bond for life, based on the just the memories of that that summer. It was. It was very unique. Very special. For sure, yeah. And so this was always in the stars. We just had to all come together. So again, thanks for stopping on by. Thank you. Thank you. Studio One.